Digital 16 gives you the chance to win one of three Calgary Flames fan experiences. Details in the new limited edition 15 packs of Canadian Pale Ale Original 16. Official beer sponsor of the Calgary Flames. Must be of legal drinking age, no purchase necessary. All right, welcome inside Flames Post Game Live. It is brought to you by Original 16, and we are uh, on the air following a Calgary Flames loss at the hands of the Edmonton Oilers here tonight. 3-2 is your final score on a very entertaining hockey game uh, back and forth. Uh, Calgary Flames had the lead entering the final 20 minutes, and it is the Oilers that uh, get two in that final frame to uh, come up with a win. Brendan Parker alongside Ryan Dietrich. Again, welcome inside Flames Post Game Live, brought to you by Original 16. Just get some initial thoughts here. I mean, obviously, this was one of those games that had kind of a bit of a, a, a recall to the playoffs just in terms of the feeling in the building, uh, some of the intensity, the anxiety maybe uh, you yeah. could feel in this building as well as the game wore on. But what did you, uh, what did you take away? Uh, just what you said there. I think the Battle of Alberta hasn't disappointed in quite a while, and we were treated to another good one tonight. So, uh, like you said, there was a good energy in the building. Hockey Night in Canada always brings that out of the Saddledome crowd, but when the Oilers in town, even more so. It definitely did yeah. feel a little bit like the spring, which is great to see because uh, we don't get to see this team much over the course of the regular season, and, and hopefully we, we might get more of that into next spring, but we'll wait and see on that. Uh, in terms of the performance for the Flames, I mean, it's a bit of a gut punch, right? Because I think for 57, 58 minutes of this hockey game, you played pretty well. You probably played exactly how you wanted to against this team, especially with how last spring went. And, you know, it was just an unfortunate bounce that sort of turned the tide a little bit. Yeah. You could sense it at the time when Connor McDavid got that tying goal that a little bit of the wind was taken out of this building. And, you know, credit to the Flames. They stuck with it, pushed a little bit to the end there. But uh, once you surrender that 3-2 goal, uh, it was a different hockey game at that point. You're chasing, and they just weren't able to mount the comeback. Yeah, it comes with uh, less than eight minutes to go in the third period. Hyman gets the game winner. And uh, as we describe it, let's take a look at uh, how it unfolded here tonight. We'll go through our game highlights and through the game story. And uh, it was the Calgary Flames that got on the board first. By the way, a scoreless first period. It was well played. A couple of special teams opportunities both ways. But it's Michael Backlund that opens the scoring on this beautiful shorthanded effort. Yeah, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about the PK as this show goes. And there's a reason for that. Elias Lindholm makes a really strong, aggressive play at the blue line. He's able to chip that puck out. Spring Backlund who shows some really great speed there. The sequence that sets up the second goal, we won't show the whole thing. We'll get to that kind of as the show moves along. But it was Backlund and Lindholm that had another opportunity. But uh, as it often does, goes back the other way. And it's actually looks like dry settle, but it's Hyman that gets credit for the goal here on the pass. Yeah, and this was one of those moments that sort of was hearkening back to the playoffs. A little bit of end to end uh, shows the importance. You're unable to capitalize at one end. The Oilers, they thrive in transition. That's exactly what happened here. Like you said, dry settle, not the guy who's there, but he's in front, creating a little bit of chaos and making life Difficult. Yeah, the odd man rush for sure, and uh, that would make it 1-1. But before the end of that second period, here's the work of the fourth line. And uh, I think we might have to coin some sort of nickname here, but uh, <laughs> Milan Lucic with the back pass right onto the tape of Brett Ritchie, who makes no mistake. Yeah, I like the nickname idea. I think it's still a work in progress talking to the guys, but Brett Ritchie, I mean, is he ever hot or what? That's his third on the year, and credit to Milan Lucic. We've been watching him all week at practice. He just seems to have an extra step in his game right now, and to see him making confident plays in the offensive zone, it's great to see. Yeah, no question, and there was a couple of opportunities for that line before the end of the second, but alas, we'd go to the third. 2-1 is the advantage, and this is 
the bounce that you're talking about. It's a high bounce around the rim that uh, Markstrom's not able to knock down, and it's McDavid on the receiving end. Yeah, you said it there. I'm not really sure what else Jacob Markstrom could have done. He's just trying to get a piece of it and, you know, at the very least, slow it down off the dasher, and he's unable to. And we know Connor McDavid, he's got that speed. He's able to get to those dump-ins faster than most, and he catches Markstrom before he's able to get back set. Here's the game winner now, and it comes shortly thereafter, and it's uh, a back pass behind the pipe. I should say uh, backhand pass by McDavid. It's Hyman that's in the slot. I don't even know if it catches his stick necessarily, yeah. but it's right place, right time, and uh, that is the sealer. Yeah, and it's one of those moments that, uh, you know, we talked about it, 57, 58 minutes. Well, here's one of those lapses, just a little bit of a breakdown, and the loose puck comes through the middle. Flames are unable, you know, you start running around a little bit when the puck kind of frees itself in that way. And, you know, Zach Hyman had himself a night. He's able to put it away and turns out to be the game winner. Well, and ironically, you could see the uh, support around the net too. And, yeah. uh, you know, and that's kind of the bounces you're talking about. If you're in the positions, the Flames had bodies around trying to defend it, but uh, goes off maybe a skate or two and eventually finds the back of the net. So that's where we stand. I guess the uh, season series now goes to... One and one, both teams win on the road. Calgary Flames got the uh, lid lifter in the season opener between the two teams on October the 15th. 4-3 was the final here. 3-2 yeah. the final here. You got two one-goal games and two, you know, road road warrior type efforts in, in both cases. Yeah, I like, kind of going back to what we talked about off the top, I like the way the Flames played this game. I think last spring in the playoffs, we saw moments where maybe the Edmonton Oilers were able to, uh, force the Flames in a way to play their game. That's why we saw some of the run and gun and the high scoring games as we alluded to off the top. Yeah. That Not so much a 9-6 effort here tonight, which I think everybody appreciated, but in both of these games and in particular tonight, I really like the way they stuck to their details. They were managing the puck very well all through the night. Their, ba their breakouts were clean. They're making life easy on each other by supporting the puck in both ends of the ice. And you know, again, that's how you have to play against this team because they have such dangerous offensive weapons. They will make you pay if you're careless or loose with it. They weren't, and that's not really how Edmonton was able to generate their offense tonight. So at least in terms of step forward, uh, you can be pleased with that against, uh, you know, what is going to be a battle between these two teams all season long. Yeah, it's kind of, um, you know, I should say disappointing in some ways. It's uh, remarkable in other ways. The fact that December 27th will be the it last time these two. Yeah, I, would, I, <laughs> I lean towards that, and I think yeah. many would echo that. Um, but it will be the last time these two teams meet. But it's uh, been some good hockey so far when we've seen it. Early stages of the season, we know that. Maybe, actually, guys, if we can queue up yeah. some of the chances, some near misses. Um, pressure, particularly in the second period, another 20-plus shot period from the Flames. But close calls yeah uh, it's kind of the story yeah absolutely of this game that uh, some some posts some opportunities that were just sort of uh, close but no cigar and, and you know what we're seeing too is a theme here we, we talked uh, on the last couple of shows actually about guys like Tyler Toffoli Andrew Mangiapane here Dylan Dubé the guys that have really developed a bit of a shooting mentality here early in the season and we know that's going to be the bread and butter of this team. They're a shot volume team. So, uh, you know, sure, you end up with two goals on the night, and credit to Stuart Skinner, he played quite well. But there was nothing about his saves that were easy. And as that pack just showed, there were a few instances where you were able to beat him clean. He just maybe didn't get a little bit of the puck luck. And the last one in that pack was Nikita Zadorov that uh, rifled it through a crowd. And, you know, kind of what you're talking about, you're just trying to get the volume up. And, yeah. and it goes through, and, you know, again... Well, and, and you talked to Ryan Huska the other day, which I thought was great. He, he looks after the, the D-men here at the Flames sure. and yeah. talked about the emphasis. We know Rasmus Anderson has talked a lot about, you know, we'll focus on getting yeah. pucks to the net this year, but 
even a guy like Nikita Zadorov, who hasn't put up a ton of career offense, he's putting an emphasis on that too. So yeah. it's a collective effort. Uh, you're starting to see some of the results of it here, which is awesome. And just a, uh, a finishing note on that, I think it was uh, Daryl just a couple of days ago, maybe after the practice here, we've had a few days, obviously uh, just two games in nine days for the Calgary Flames when you total it up over this, uh, this stretch. Obviously they off Sunday and then Monday and back in action on Tuesday. But uh, discuss just sort of about – uh, three shots per game. Maybe kind yeah. of look at it from that. Obviously, you're not going to reach that every game, but if you have that mentality of each defenseman, each guy has, you know, that target in your head about three directing at least three chances or three shots on net, then you know you're going to have a pretty good opportunity to generate more second and third types chances, right? Absolutely. And we've we've talked also about our math skills on this show, which haven't been particularly strong, but yeah, very uh, weak. Yeah, Add that but, up, Deets, three uh, times six. You know, you that's got? that's why we have the papers out here. It's all good. Um, <laughs> but I do know have to. We have to point out to your point. Yeah. It, it, it's. It, you know, when we were doing the math and he was talking about three shots a game, yeah. I think in particular he was singling out guys like Jonathan Huberto and Elias Lindholm, Lindholm especially, 42 goals last year. Um, he wasn't even that far off. I think at the time he was 2.8, 2.9 shots per game. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, in Daryl Sutter's world, details like that do matter, and he wants to see his guys getting above that because it is the difference between a goal or two at times when you need him in yeah. games like this. Well, if you add it up, uh, at least on the back end, it's 18 shots, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't have any help, by the way. That That's was good. That's not, yeah. We're I definitely not wearing earpieces here. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, let's uh, head inside. Let's get our first uh, post-game reaction. Obviously, we'll go inside the locker room. We'll hear from a couple of the players. Uh, not sure exactly who we'll have just yet, but we do know we have head coach Daryl Sutter, who's standing by. Let's hear from him now. Close game, obviously. Good game. Can't, can't, uh, it's 2 2. You got to make a better play in your own zone, especially when you know McDavid's on the ice. What was the difference in the game? Like that. that. I mean, it was not much difference. Third, I mean, third goal? Yeah, for sure. How would you evaluate the play of your goaltender tonight? Well, he was, you know what? I, I thought both goalies were probably made. Saves they had to. I mean, we had trouble scoring in Skinner. If you remember in Edmonton, we had 31 shots, didn't score a goal against him. So we got two against him tonight. And at the end of the day, uh, you got to score three goals. You're not going to hold Edmonton to two. That's that'd be, you know, with the with the ammo they got. So. What did you think of the play of your first line? Pardon? What did you think of the play of? We could score that third goal. So. At some point, the second goal. How, how do you look at that as a coach? That came around the glass, right? So, you know, it's, it's a decision that one way or the other you try and make. It's not, it's not a mistake or anything. It's, we want our goalies to try and play that. And, and would you agree that it's the most unfortunate player ever to be waiting there on the other side? Most players are not making that shot. Well, he's in on all three goals. I mean, I mean. Connor McDavid was the difference in the game. <laughs> After that tying goal <clears throat> goes in the third, did you any concern on the bench uh, for you? No, it's a close game. Yeah. I mean, it's a difference. It's, if we're up 200, down 200, you're going to play the same way. You just get them handle the puck properly when you, especially when you know they're, I mean, it was a face off, they knew who was on the ice. So, defenseman got to make firmer plays with the puck. Wasn't a confrontation or anything. Just make, we'd pass the puck twice below our goal and soft plays. Did their goalie outplay your goalie? No, it's pretty even. I think. I mean, we had a lot of. I mean, I don't know what it ended up. 
we had a lot of shots, but goaltending was fine, wasn't an issue. Uh, Huberto left the bench for a little bit in the first period. Are you able to say what it was? I think he had to go take a shot. Games with uh, Edmonton, does that uh, reflect how closely these teams are? You know, we run up there, what was it, 4 or 3 or 3 2? They went in here 3 2, so it's close, right? Differences. The big boys, for sure. Okay. All right, uh, as we continue on, Flames post-game line, welcome uh, back in. It is brought to you by Original 16. We'll uh, head inside the Calgary Flames locker room here in uh, just a moment and uh, get some reaction, but uh, maybe let's just finish the thought on what, you know, Daryl talked about right off yeah. the top, and that's uh, basically what we alluded to, an entertaining game, but a couple of plays make the difference. Yeah, and I thought the Calgary Flames played Connor McDavid as well as you could play Connor McDavid tonight. And uh, you look at the score sheet. Points. I know he had yeah. one shot on goal and he finishes with three points. That's yeah. the impact that he can have. And, you know, he kind of snakes around the ice and finds a little bit of open space. But like you said, yeah. uh, kind of confirming what we talked about, this is a really well-played game by the team. Just those little lapses, and especially when those guys are on the ice, they're going to make you pay, and they did here. Yeah, uh, no question. So, yeah, add it all up, 42 shots on net, and uh, Stuart Skinner, he gets yeah. the nod, and it's the reverse of what we saw in Edmonton, and the goaltending increases on both sides. Right. It was uh, Dan Vladar against Jack Campbell on night number one between these two teams tonight. It's Stuart Skinner and Jacob Markstrom, but uh, what about on the other side in the 40 saves we saw? You know, I, I think in some ways a little bit of a surprise. Many people expecting... Jack Campbell to get a look in the Battle of Alberta after getting pulled in the first meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago. But, I mean, he's been excellent. He's been excellent, actually, for some time, too. So it's he entered the night with 88 of 92 shots saved here early in the season. He's been the brick wall for them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because I think a lot of people, when they look at the Oilers, still view goaltending as a bit of a question mark. Is it? I don't know. Jack Campbell at 5-5 five, five, five is not maybe lived up to that just yet. But... Uh, when you know you've got a safety net like Stuart Skinner back there and is able to step in in these big games, it bodes well for them. So it's going to be interesting to see where this uh, goaltending battle, I suppose, goes over the course of the season. Yeah, Jay Woodcroft was asked uh, that this morning, and there we're listening in on him uh, doing his post-game media here just on the other side of the curtain. But uh, he basically said two capable guys. He doesn't view it as a 1A, 1B, but... Uh, you know, just that they thought that uh, he gives them a chance to win the hockey game. He did just that. I think we're just adding it up. He got the start in St. Louis on, yep. uh, I guess it was Wednesday night, and uh, has now stopped 77 over two wins here for the Edmonton Oilers. Sure, and came in on relief of Jack Campbell in that first battle, though, sure. but stopped yeah. all 31 he faced, so the Flames are getting familiar with what he brings to this rivalry. Yeah, no question. Uh, all right, let's head inside the Calgary Flames locker room. I believe we have uh, Chris Tanev standing by one of the uh, – part of the leadership group for the Calgary Flames. Let's hear from Tanev now. So the difference was uh, obviously the third goal, but what happened on that play? On the third goal? Yeah. So I think it just went D to D to Weeks. He tried to make a play to the middle, and it deflected, uh, I think, right back into the into the slot. McDavid started to kind of cook after that Brett Ritchie goal. How did you feel your group defended him as the game went on? Obviously not good enough. Uh, on scored, uh, scored, and then got an assist on the game-winning goal. Typically, if you can hold the others to three goals, I guess that's. I don't know. Are you taking any solace in that? You held them to just three, or nope. Uh, we're winning with ten minutes left in the game and, and losing regulation, so it's 
take responsibility for that, the leadership, and we, I got to be better. We got to be better as a team. Is there anything you can derive from this? Like it did look like for the first couple of periods you had the game in control. Uh, I mean that doesn't matter, right? It's uh, wins and losses, and, and we lost. Feel from Arstrom, uh, you know, he made some great stops to keep you at two one there, and then to have that kind of you know he goes out to play, pop and doesn't get it, and then I end up being the time goal. Feel sorry for him in that situation. Yeah, just a. Uh, Tough. He made some big saves for us all night and, and kept us in the game, so it wasn't Marky's fault. All right, there is uh, assistant captain uh, Chris Tanev. Uh, some thoughts uh, post game here, and uh, you know, obviously alluding to a, a couple of different things throughout the course of the game, and you know, you can sense just. I, I think my biggest takeaway from that is leading with 10 minutes to go and you uh, and yep. you end up short. So yep. you can sense the frustration there from players too. Yeah, definitely. I think the fact that it's the Edmonton Oilers probably adds a little bit of salt into yep, the wound. Sure. But that's a game the Flames are going to expect to win over the course of a season. So it doesn't matter who it is on the other side. They know that those are the games they have to be closing out. If we can just uh, uh, depart from the result for just a moment, uh, you want to focus on a guy like Brett Ritchie for, for just a second. We talked about that line and the impact that they've had throughout the early part of this season, now seven games in, but Brett Ritchie's got three goals and that matches his entire total from one year ago. But he, he and his line mates, Kevin Rooney and Milan Lucic, have been impactful uh, at, at some point in every game here so far this season. Yeah, they've been tremendous. And, you know, Brett Ritchie's a fascinating study. Again, we go back to... Uh, I think it was about a week ago we had Ryan Huska do the, the practice day scrum and he talked about the evolution of players uh, that eventually settle into what is essentially a fourth line role and you know Brett Ritchie was a guy who was a 40 goal scorer in junior he scored 16 goals at the NHL level a few years ago at the Dallas Stars as well and it's not always going to come easy for these players even though that's the type of player they are at a young age. You know, Huska even said that for some players, that realization comes in minor hockey. Some, it doesn't happen until they turn pro, but not everybody's going to be a first-line 30-plus goal scorer in this league, so they have to find what their role is. And it seems like right now, and obviously riding shotgun with, you know, a pro like Milan Lucic and Kevin Rooney's been a nice addition too, he's really discovering or settling into what he can be at this level. And it's obviously proven to be very helpful for the Flames because they're getting good, valuable minutes and some offense at the same time. Yeah, finding a nice role and a nice niche and obviously physical when they need to be and whenever yeah. they can be, and then it's led to some offense, which is always a nice perk. Yeah. Um, also, uh, just a quick footnote on Brett Ritchie because we went and did some pumpkin carving at the Ronald McDonald House, an expert pumpkin yeah, carver. I was going to say is, that too. It's not in the scouting <laughs> report, I know, but we'll have to add it at some point this season. And uh, if you want to check that out, by the way, go to calgaryflames.com and see the uh, latest pumpkin carvings from a few of the Calgary Flames. But uh, uh, alas, we'll move on. Um, let's head inside the locker room again. Jonathan Huberto is uh, standing by now. Let's hear from him. Jonathan, what did you see out of there? It looked like it was a close game going into the third period and they got those uh, two goals and ultimately pulled away. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we didn't play bad. I thought, you know, a couple of bad bounces, I feel, at the end. And they, obviously the best, you know, best player took advantage. And that's what happened. But just got to forget about this one and focus on the next one. What did you see when the puck came to you in the slot there with a couple minutes left? Yeah, it bounced over my stake. So obviously you would like to have that one back. But I feel right now that's kind of how it's going. You know, bounce over the stick. I got to be better and buried, you know, buried that puck. There's two games in the first seven where you've, you've seen uh, you know, what that what Edmonton brings in terms of talent. What's, what, what, what's, what's been your impression and, and what do you got to do in the third game when you play? Yeah, I mean, I think... We play our game. I feel 
I guess I think bad bounces. I mean, we were up 2-1 and they scored two quick goals. But I thought overall, you know, we're, we're a good team. So I think we know what we can do. And that's all it is. You know, they, they're good offensively. But I think if we play in their zone, you know, that's, that's how we're going to beat them. Did that game feel like a playoff game in a sense? Just the structure, the sort of one mistake, last mistake loses type thing. Did that feel like a postseason game to you? Or? Yeah, it was. A, I thought good pace out there. You can see there's more, more energy against them. And um, like I said, I think t tonight, you know, obviously, a couple of bad bounds. But uh, right now, I think we just got to you know, take that day off tomorrow and get back at it Monday. Just the three chances in the top line, but do you look back on that as maybe an opportunity lost? Yeah, obviously, you want to capitalize on, the, on a, the power play. I think we've been good so far. But I think you know tonight, we, we didn't score. So obviously, if you get a chance to score, it's, uh, it would be a huge goal. Thank you. Original 16, a great way to celebrate things done well. Flames postgame live brought to you by Original 16 is on the air as we uh, continue to hear from players uh, in the locker room, the Calgary Flames, uh, Chris Tanev and Jonathan Huberto there. We'll have uh, one more coming up. And before we get uh, our final thoughts inside the locker room, let's talk about the penalty kill and yeah. some of the impact they made on this game. I mean, we talked to Michael Backlund just after the second period, and obviously they'll focus on giving one up as well, but were aggressive and, and did create off uh, some shorthanded opportunities. Yeah, I like the word you used there. It was aggressive, and we know how lethal this Oilers power play has been over the past few years, and they've started the season just as hot as they finished last year. The only way to defend this properly, and obviously what we're going to watch, create some offensive chances, is right there. Elias Lindholm, don't give them an opportunity to set up. Don't let them feel comfortable at the points and find some open lanes you've got to be aggressive and you've got to challenge them and take away their time I know so much of this sounds like the fundamentals of hockey when we talk about time and space but against a power play that snaps it around like that you have to make their life hard and that's exactly what they did and they obviously found some success with it too no question and uh, one of the goal scorers as we saw in that uh, highlight pack there was Michael Backlund who did it shorthanded let's hear from him now I guess just thoughts uh, Markstrom played a pretty strong game but in the end, just uh, got to feel a little bit bad about how it, the bounces went for him. Yeah, but <clears throat> just wasn't good enough from the whole team, though. Uh, we can play better than that. We know that we were we were sloppy. So, um, yeah, I thought Mark you played really well all night tonight. You've been part of the Battle of Alberta for a long time. The last couple of years have been a little bit different. Did it feel different preparing for this game today? Uh, well, I felt like the last few ones, uh, a lot of excitement. Uh, two good teams going at it. Uh, it's been great for, uh, for the Valber the last few years. They're both teams really taking a step to be top teams in the division. So um, just like the first game of the year, was, or first game against them this year, was an exciting game to play. Can you, can you take anything out of the first two periods where it looked like you, you'd done a good job in shutting down their stars and controlling the game? Yeah, I thought we did a good job taking away the middle. Um, Taking away their speed and room and all that, but at the same time, I thought we were sloppy. We weren't good enough. We didn't get enough on the forecheck and it was on time. So, sure, we took away their time, but we got to be better uh, on the other hand too, though. Can you take through the sequence after your shorthanded goal when you had the second chance? Yeah, I came down a lot of speed. I saw Linda driving, you know, split second. I saw him driving the far post and. Um, 
yeah, I feel like I had the goalie moving, and I was just trying to find Lindy for a top in and hit his skate, and then he just couldn't get it in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you got to capitalize on your chances against these guys. Uh, they're, yeah, they're they have a good, some good, really good players, um, really good power play. So yeah, for sure. All right, there, uh, Michael Backlund describing uh, both uh, some shorthanded opportunities and then obviously the one that eludes him. That was uh, the one that uh, came just shortly after his goal. But um, maybe just some final thoughts here, Ryan, as we kind of turn the page now and you kind of look ahead at the schedule and it's been talked about uh, seemingly to death here over the past <laughs> week is that uh, it's been light, it's been real light, uh, but not for long because starting Tuesday it starts to ramp back up again here. Yeah, and I think everybody is ready for that. I think the players would tell you they'd rather be playing games and practicing and you, know, you start looking ahead to some, you know, different opponents, too. I mean, you're, sure. you're wrapping up this homestand, and then I think the schedule starts to get a little bit more road-heavy, too. So I think they've done a pretty good job of establishing the Scotiabank Saddle Dome as a tough place to be. They just need to get back to that mm -hmm. because we know exactly how many road games and how many difficult opponents lie ahead in November. So um, a lot of frustration, a lot of disappointment in the locker room tonight. You'd expect that in the Battle of Alberta. But you look at some of the numbers here tonight. I mean, this, they outshot them 32-12 to 12 in the final two periods. They outchanced yeah. them 2-1. to one. I mean, there's not a whole lot to be upset about, but obviously those are the things the team doesn't like to hang their hat on. They're looking for results, and hopefully they can get that on Tuesday. Some really good opponents here in the first seven games of the season, to be sure, and uh, three games left now on this eight-game homestand before it is finally time to hit the road for the first time, or at least extended-wise for the Calgary Flames. As for tonight, though, it is a 3-2 loss at the hands of their provincial rival, which means... We've got a rubber match that will be decided on December the 27th when these two teams meet for the final time this regular season, December 27th. As for us, we're back here in the Scotiabank Saddle Dome on Tuesday night. It's the first opportunity to see the Seattle Kraken in town in this regular season. It comes your way at 7 o'clock here at the Dome to finish off this eight-game homestand, three games next week. Thanks for watching Flames Post Game Live brought to you by Original 16. We'll see you on Tuesday.